Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, do you, uh, you have a favorite number or a lucky number? Do you have a pin number? You know your social security number, don't you? Um, I, I don't know if this is really good for security purposes, but what I've done is uh, I often use for my pin number my anniversary. To kill two birds with one stone and helps me from forgetting my anniversary. Probably not the best security measure, but um, there's a lot of numbers that are kind of meaningful in the Bible, aren't there? Okay. Some of them are symbols and some of them just recur. The number three represents the triune God, right? I know this is basic stuff, but number four, the four corners of the earth represents all of mankind. So the number seven, which is three and four, kind of is often used for like this idea of God and man, so our salvation, you know, the number seven is kind of a meaningful number there. Uh, Ten, ten represents completeness, right? Like the ten commandments, it's all of God's will. Uh, The number twelve appears, the twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve disciples. So then twelve and twelve, twenty-four, sometimes represents the whole church. Or 10 times 3, or 10 to the third power, 1,000. So then 144,000 is like really all the believers. And some of these numbers show up in like Revelation. Others are just kind of repeated, like 40. Remember the children of Israel wandered for how many years? 40 years. Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. Uh, the flood, 40 days and 40 nights. So. And then, of course, there's that number 153. Right? You all caught that, kids? Did you hear? The number, key number, 153. No symbolism there. If it is, God did such a good job of hiding it that it really doesn't serve as a symbol, right? If a mysterious symbol is really no symbol at all. Um, but I wanted to use that kind of, if you saw in your worship folder, hopefully you're not saying this, weird pastor. His sermon message is titled 153. I could have said, you know, fishing with Jesus in Galilee, or I could have uh, thought about breakfast on the shore, but I wanted to use 153, and my idea was kind of to help us remember about everything that Jesus wanted his first disciples to take away when he came to them and he appeared to them and gave them breakfast and the big fishing, uh, the catch of fish and everything. The comfort, the encouragement from our risen Savior. So um, honestly, the disciples were maybe in a place that we find ourselves sometimes. Not in Galilee, but in their emotional or spiritual. Maybe today, it's two weeks after Easter, maybe today... Our service is not as, as a matter of fact, again, I apologize for the mix-up on the one liturgical song, but let's not let that hurt anything. But maybe, you know, it's not quite as exciting or thrilling as Easter Sunday. There's not as much activity going around. People are not up, and maybe it's just where, it's just natural. Maybe that happened. And when we think about it, Easter has come and gone, 
The world, all the world's problems haven't been solved in the last two weeks. And all of our personal problems that we might have haven't gone away. So it's natural, it's sometimes easy to think kind of like where the disciples were. They had been through a whole lot up and down throughout Holy Week and Jesus, ending in Jesus' resurrection. So they are excited and joy, but then where was he? Yeah, he showed up. He, Pastor Waddles talked about that last Sunday, if you were here. You know, Jesus came on that first Sunday evening and appeared to them, but then he was gone. And then he didn't show up again until the following Sunday. And there he, oh, again, he, here he is. And for Thomas, that was wonderful. But then he was gone again. And so they had all this joy and comfort and excitement of knowing that Jesus lives. But then things weren't exactly the same. And where is he? Things weren't the same as, and they weren't going to be the same. They were starting to get it, but they weren't there yet, and they weren't quite sure what to do. Why weren't they out sharing the good news about Jesus' resurrection? Why weren't they out fishing for men? Actually, to their credit, they were doing just what Jesus had said to them, waiting. Remember he told the women the first morning, tell Peter and the other disciples to go up into Galilee? And wait for me, and I'll see them there. And so, to their credit, that's what they were doing. Kind of protected from Jesus' enemies, their enemies down in Jerusalem that probably wanted nothing better than to eliminate them, like they thought they had eliminated Jesus. But there they were, just passing the time. So... Waiting isn't fun, not easy. So Peter had this idea, I'm, I'm going fishing. And the other six disciples, we don't know where the other four were. Judas, we know, wasn't part of the group anymore. I'm going fishing, and they said, we're going to go with you. So that was their profession, many of them. Uh, they were probably good at it. They enjoyed it. So they decided to go out fishing. They did. They spent the whole night. But unfortunately, you guys heard, nothing. Nothing to show for it. Any fishermen here? Anybody like to go fishing? That happens, right? Sometimes you, can, <laughs> you do everything right. Supposedly it's the right time of day, the bait, everything. But nothing. Nothing to show for it. But then at, at sunrise there was this stranger. They didn't know it was Jesus. Maybe the sun, the mist, or... And he said, hey... Any got any fish? No. Throw your nets on the right side. They didn't recognize him, but some they recognized some authority in the voice because they did it. They threw their nets over there, and then you know what happened. Here we go, kids. Again, get another chance. There was this great, huge catch of fish. How many? Excellent. Not 152. Not 154, 153. And there's no symbolism or mysticism or anything about that. It's just simply the exact number. Because we hear it later. Peter brought them all in and he counted them. Exactly 153 fish. It just tells us that this catch of fish was a fact. Not some myth or some random symbolic thing. 
And in fact, it was a miracle. And it was John that realized it. And he said, it's the Lord. And then Peter, after he heard that, he's the impetuous one. He dove in, wanted to get there to the shore and be with Jesus. The others kept pulling the fish, and they all got there eventually. And finally,